What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I do believe in investment pieces. I don't believe it's every woman at this age should have this in their wardrobe because it's not taking into consideration how multifaceted our lives are. Hello, and welcome to Planetia's podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP. And I'm very excited to bring to you today, Natalie Tincher, the founder of BU Style. Hi, Natalie. Hi. Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. I love merging nerdy things together, um, and so it's going to be great. So I wanted to bring you on because it was brought up to me that a lot of the women who come on um, do not have a clothing spend in their budget. So we don't often talk about clothing, but it usually is a decent amount of your budget, depending if you go to work and have to get dressed. And so I wanted to talk about investing in your wardrobe today. I love talking about investing in the wardrobe, especially in today's world when I think people are thrown a lot of chaos around clothing and so there's a lot of like shiny object syndrome of chase this chase this what's in our skinny jeans in or out and so then I think it causes people to number one not have a plan number two not align it with who they are and their actual needs and then three overspend when they don't have that plan and so it's easy to get caught up in like a Instagram target ad or a sale or shopping with friends. And then you look at your closet and you have that like classic closet full of clothes and nothing to wear syndrome. That happens all the time. And also I love that you bring up like the skinny jeans or are they in or they out? I just am getting rid of not all, but some of my older jeans. I'm doing a clothing rental subscription, which actually we didn't talk about that before, but maybe we could chat a little bit about what you think about clothing subscription. Um, Because I'm terrible. I hate shopping. I end up wearing the same thing over and over again. But I did a a clothing subscription. I tried on a pair of Levi's. My husband, fiance, called them the mom jeans. He does not like them. I love them. So now I bought them in two. So I figured if I bought two new pairs of jeans, I need to get rid of two pairs of jeans. Just to keep, I don't like to have a full, I don't like having a full closet. It gives me anxiety. So I would guess guess you are a classic style personality. So I have thick style personality model and all of them and classics really like a really pared down capsule wardrobe. So you like, I call it adult garanimals where everything mixes and matches. And usually you really want a really low cost per wear on your pieces. So if you have those two pairs of jeans, you want to have the two pair and you want to wear them to death. So, you know, let's say they cost, let's just say a hundred dollars and you wear them a hundred times, then your cost per wear is down to a dollar, which is brilliant math and a good way to think about things. 
it feels very on brand for me because I do definitely wear my jeans till they have holes. And then I'm like, okay, time to maybe replace these. But yeah, I wear the same thing over and over. So I was saying to you before we started, it's thank goodness that it's an audio podcast for the most part. Otherwise the listeners would see, I literally wear the same thing on a regular basis. And that's okay. Like that's your priorities and that's part of your brand. I mean, look at so many, I'll use it for lack of a better example, but men in in high places where their uniforms are like Steve Jobs turtleneck or, you know, in the fashion world, Michael Kors, it's like black blazer. So it also can be part of your brand and that's okay to wear things over and over. I think as particularly females get caught up in this like feeling of, oh, I can't rewear things. And I love to look at like right now, Kate Blanchett is doing this huge, you know, step and repeat red carpet moment where she's rewearing things from before and her stylist is pointing out like Kate wore this in 1997 and 2018. Oh, wow. And I love that example for multiple reasons. One investment, I'm thinking about clothing as an investment in yourself, an investment in your brand and an investment in the message you want to send. And also it's more environmentally friendly to rewear. Like we're throwing a lot of waste in to yeah. the landfills by not actually considering what we're going to wear and really making smart strategic decisions. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So, so what's your take on fast fashion? So right, that would be like some of those more like targeted ads where they're really cheap and it's super on trend, but you probably aren't going to keep that in your closet very long. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, it's twofold. It's, it's a bittersweet thing. I think that there are certain things that if you want to use fast fashion as a way to explore like what your style is and what new trends or what the direction of fashion is that you enjoy. Um, I think that can be okay. I think it's a slippery slope and that's where maybe I would recommend you do a subscription service okay. where then you're saying, you know what, I want to invest in my wardrobe, but I don't know what I want to invest in. Mm -hmm. And things have changed a lot in our life since pandemic. They've yes. changed a lot, not just with pandemic, but then when you go through any other life transition, sometimes you're like, oh, I feel a little lost. So to find your footing, I can see sometimes our fast fashion can be useful. But then again, I would go to these great subscription services where you're trying things on and then you can start to understand what your style is in this phase of your life and then invest in it. So I think there's too much fast fashion. I think generally fast fashion, not I think I know it does contribute to a lot of, you know, bad working conditions, mm -hmm. a lot of environmentally poor impact. And so I also, you know, I talk a lot about supporting independent designers and we can talk about this as it comes but like the state of the fashion world right now is conglomerates own a lot of it but there's still these independent designers that are creating beautiful products at more reasonable price points and they are usually producing things more ethically with better supplies treating their workers you know fairly better. so you know, I think those are considerations that we don't make. I also understand that not everybody has the budget to invest mm -hmm. and so I think that's where if you're buying it, I believe you should plan to keep it for a long time, even if it's through a fast fashion, you know, brand or retailer. I don't mm -hmm. like the thought of buying things for it to be disposable. Disre just yeah, dis disregard it. Yeah, that makes right. that makes sense. Well, I do really love the subscription. So I'm on my second subscription. I started with Rent the Runway and I started that in New York City. That was, I think, the first one. And it worked really well for my lifestyle at the time. I have switched to Newly. My sister, Natasha, who comes on the podcast often, big proponent of this. So I always copy her. So I copied her and I did that. 
And I agree with you. It's nice because I don't know what I want. And I also will say that having worked on Wall Street, I think that set me up to wear literally the same thing on rate. Like I had like four or five suits. I would go to J. Crew, get my suits, matching like the same shoe in like tan and black. And then I would buy literally the same sweater in five different colors. And my only way to di- differentiate would be like, oh, I'll get like a different necklace. And so I like really wore a uniform while I worked on Wall Street. And so when I then owned my own business, I kept wearing the suits, switching out the sweaters, necklace or no jacket. You know, you can swip, you know, switch and swap with a suit. It's like skirt or pant. It's very mm-hmm. easy. Um, and then now owning my own business, I don't have to wear a suit. And so I was kind of like stuck. I was like, now what do I do? I have to like pick out clothing for myself. I normally just went to like, here are my three suits, like 10 sweaters and I just rotate it. So you're right. I like became an adult with a capsule wardrobe. Yeah. And it's almost harder in this new world. You know, I, a lot of my clients come to me when they've left finance or again, post pandemic, when offices have turned to business casual or smart yep. casual. And they're like, what the hell do I wear now? It was so easy, easy to have a uniform to not think about it, to not get paralyzed by opening my closet and like wondering what am I going to piece together? So we can still do that now. It is just more discovery. Um, it becomes like, more about what your intent are, what message you want to send, how a piece goes across different lifestyles. Mm -hmm. So it's not just here's my work wardrobe, here's my weekend wardrobe. So we're actually in a great opportunity to invest in saying, I wear this for work and I can pair it this way and wear it for date night, or I can wear it for brunch this way. And so you actually can have fewer things, I think, if you're really careful, and then it can really, you can play with it and it can go in a lot of different spaces. I completely agree because before I had my pure work, like work did not, wearing a suit does not translate to anything in your personal life. Like you are not wearing that any other time. Like even so much so that my sister, she worked in music when I worked in finance, when I would go post work to meet her, she'd be like, can you please bring a change of clothes than showing up in an all black suit? Like it's embarrassing. And I, she's like, people think you work for like the IRS or something. And I'm like, so I had really to have funny. like very distinct personal. And I do agree yet now the hard part is I'm like, oh, well, I could wear this for work, but I could also wear it. And trying to figure that out has been it's too much for me. So I do the rentals, which I really really enjoy having the rentals. So do you like, do you like the, what's your take on rentals? You like the rentals? You don't like the rentals? So I like them for discovery. I do. I like them for discovery and supplementing, but I also do believe in having an intentionality in a relationship with your wardrobe and knowing how things really pair together. I think one concern I have with rentals, and then again, it's kind of that shiny object and you're not really discovering you. Um, So I like, I would, see it as kind of a two-pronged approach of one, use it as discovery. Then from there, I always recommend that my clients or anyone I work with makes a strategic shopping list. And so this is using that discovery from the rental, let's say, or using discovery from like your Pinterest boards or, you know, whatever it is, looking ahead for the next three to six months, the next season, like, where am I going? What do I need? Do I have clothing for it? And like, you know, what things are resonating with me. So then you make that really focused strategic shopping list. So maybe from the rental like you, where you're like, I loved these denim. I'm ready to transition. I loved this. I'm going to wear them all the time. Like those two, uh, you know, two pairs of jeans, Levi's straight, semi-straight cut, dark wash, black. That goes on your strategic shopping list. I will spend up to, you know, whatever, $150. And then from there, what else do I need? Is it a season I'm going to invest in a leather jacket? Leather jacket goes on the list. 
what considerations do I have for that leather jacket? What do I want to wear it with? What color do I want it to be with? What's my price point? You know, what cut is this going to be? That all goes on a strategic shopping list. So then all of those pieces are how you focus your shopping. So if you're out, then you're like, you know what? That's not on my strategic shopping list. It This may be a pretty piece, but it's not for me. It doesn't fit with what I have. Because so many times people get, you know, disillusioned when they're out and say, oh, this is so pretty. I, I would wear this. And then they get at home. It's like, where the hell am I wearing this? Or <laughs> what am I wearing this with? This doesn't go with anything in my wardrobe. And so it's really like pulling it back and understanding what's your style? What do you have in your closet? What do you need in your closet to piece it together? And is this going to fit with all of the different things that you have in your life? Like for you, do you have a speaking engagement? Then you're doing the podcast. Then, you know, you're going out and then you're doing this. Like, do you have those pieces that will work for that? And then I recommend, you know, with the pieces that you're buying that they, I like to call them hero pieces. Like what are your hero pieces that are going maximum mileage? Like I know you have this great pink suit. Yeah. Right. So (laughs) like that speaks to me for you. And you could wear that blazer with the jeans and a Mm t-shirt, but you could also wear it as a full suit. If you're, you know, let's say doing a presentation and you need a power look, that's not wall street world, but it's like Barbara in this like financial influencer space that you're in and thought leader. So I think it's like really there getting specific and strategic supplementing with the rentals, but I still think you need to know how your clothes wear. You need to be able to tailor them if you need to tailor them to you. Like, yeah, let's talk about that. You have to tailor things. I tailor, so, so, okay, you bring your, (laughs) yes, you do. (laughs) I tailored things when I worked on Wall Street. Obviously you buy a suit, the skirt needs to be, is a little long, needs to come up, the jacket, you need this. I've never tailored anything else other than like a dress for like a formal, I don't even know. So that makes sense that if you're going to look put together, that not everything off the rack is going to fit. And so you should be tailoring it. And that's those investment pieces, for example, like a hem on a pant. Like so many times that you want to make sure it's going to work with whatever shoes you're wearing it with. Mm -hmm. Flats, heels, or maybe you want it to work with both. You take both of those to the tailor. They make a really smart decision. So you need one pair of pants that's tailored really properly, that's really put together. Maybe the waist needs to be nipped in. Maybe the sleeves on your jacket are a little long. That can be tailored up. Again, that's where it's like making really smart decisions and getting pieces that you want to fully invest. Mm -hmm. It's investing in the piece, investing in yourself, investing in your brand, investing in your lifestyle. I think you would die if you saw my closet with with things that are too long, I tuck the sleeves, including my March wedding dress. I just tuck mm, the sleeves better. under. I tuck them under because they were like to hear, because I'm short, so everything's too long. So I tuck them under. I do that with jackets. And then this is terrible. I use that iron-on tape to hem mm-hmm. the pant. So I probably I mean, need to move into like grow up in my wardrobe and like take it to a tailor, make sure it fits, have it ready to go, not be ironing on the that magic tape. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's those little things that once you do it, then you know that it's perfectly put together, done well, it's not going to come out, it's been measured properly. So one pant isn't slightly shorter than the other. Yes, right. The sleeves, it's like, you know, you can't get away with rolling them up if you're always rolling them on a jacket. So that is a hack that you could do. But if you're not, if you get something nice, you take it up from the shoulder, not from the 
you know, oh there's, yeah from the there's, there's buttons um, so there's a lot of little considerations that it that really is where the thought investing comes in of also when you're budgeting of considering that like how much are alterations going to cost so right. then you're looking at an all-in investment and then again thinking about your cost per wear on these like really big investment pieces that you're buying so all if our if our listeners are sitting at home and hopefully they're not like me, but are like, okay, I probably need an overhaul. Cause I do think at a certain point you like look at your closet and you're like, wow, the, the trends have kind of changed. I've also grown, right? Like I'm older now, my life is in a different place. And I, I hear this a lot amongst women and you look at your wardrobe and you're like, it doesn't really fit where I am in my life at this moment. How do you, I mean, that's a big thing to tackle. Cause you're like, especially if you're like still buying new pieces and then you haven't really purged all of, the old items, right? It just gets to be, it can be a lot. Yeah. So it can, I found that a lot of people let this sit and then they're tackling it all at once. And so it feels really overwhelming and daunting. So I always say just like my to-do list of a million things, like task it out very palatably. Okay. And so a few things to start, just some tips to get started are to immediately do a quick closet call. Like get rid of the stuff that you obviously don't need anymore, aren't wearing, mm-hmm. things that have holes, things that are just looking dingy, things that um, maybe they are an old life, maybe you've changed positions, maybe they don't fit. I think that's a hard part. People have a lot of things that are like, well, maybe I'll still fit into this. Yeah, so well, I'll get back, I'll get back to that size. Get back to that weight. And, or like, I, I fluctuate weight. So this, you know, they have different categories. That's okay for a certain period. But I would still challenge you to look at those pieces and say, like, even if I fit into them again, am I going to want them anymore in this life transition? Like, I don't need all these suits now. So, right. like, get rid of most of them. So kind of start there to just start getting some breathing room in your closet and your wardrobe. And then I think it's twofold. One, starting to look at inspiration around you of what you're resonating with in the new kind of shifts in fashion and style how it relates to your lifestyle and start keeping a Pinterest board or an inspiration Mm -hmm. board or, you know, how, whatever the best method for you is. And you'll start to see common themes and things. So it may be like, I really like the wider like pant trend and I've done five looks with that. Um, I really like high contrast. I've done a bunch of looks with that. So then you start to narrow down all the choices when you're buying. And then from there, I would say try a couple of the new trends, mix and match them with what you have in your closet, take yeah. photographs of those things. It doesn't take long. It's not like something that you need to do, you know, make a photo shoot, just literally take a selfie and be like, how did I feel in this? I loved this. I wore this all the time. Like start noticing the same pair of pants that you go to over and over. And then that'll help dictate your next round of shopping of, you know what? I wore... I wore the straight leg jeans all the time. I wore the mom jeans all the time. I love them. Now I would love, I kept wishing I had them in a light wash. So then you're like, okay, what did you keep wishing you had in your closet that you didn't quite have? Or maybe it's like, I never have the right shoe. So then it's like, okay, maybe it's more of you need one or two pairs of shoes and you don't need to overhaul the rest of your wardrobe. I think another thing with silhouettes have changed a lot now. And so it's like, is it wide leg pants? Is it bigger, looser tops, it's kind of narrowing it down to and choosing which silhouettes you feel the best in and sticking to those to start. It's like, just really find your like core foundation and 
those looks. Like for me, it's now kind of a mom jean, a t-shirt and a blazer, oversized blazer. Like that's, that's my jam. That's what I do. So I have it in like 30 different combinations because I know I love that. And then I slowly started playing with a slouchier bottom and a more fitted top, but I did it really slowly. I just bought like two pairs of those pants that I like and two shirts that would work with it just to make sure that I really liked it and it would mix and match. Yeah. And I also think you bring up an interesting point that we haven't touched on, which is when your clothes fit and you feel like a boss, you feel amazing and confident in your outfit, it really kind of changes the direction of your day. I think like when you walk into a meeting and you're like, I look awesome, or I feel awesome in this outfit, it does have a very big impact, right? Cause like I won't get on stage or do a speaking engagement in something I don't feel comfortable in, or I don't feel like looks good on me, right? Because being, everyone has different shapes and sizes. And so some things just don't work for a short, petite person, right? I just look overtaken. But when you have that like great outfit where you're like, you feel, I think at least I feel way more confident doing a speaking engagement, getting on a stage. And it is really important, I think, to feel confident in your clothes. A thousand percent. I mean, and they can use they can be used to your advantage, like knowing Mm -hmm. that you feel great. It's already this filter of like, I'm walking in feeling like a boss or I'm walking in feeling beautiful, whatever those adjectives are that you want to feel. And I think that's always one thing that I tell people, think about how you want to feel when you're putting your clothes on in your day-to-day life, in certain situations you're going into. For me, you know, I've talked about a story a few times when I worked at um, Bloomberg TV and I had to go into a lot of rooms with a lot of men or a lot of, you know, really brilliant financial minds. And I'm like, you know what? I need to feel really confident and really powerful and really Mm -hmm. strong. So I had two or three outfits that I knew always gave me that feeling. So it got rid of all the nerves, not all the nerves. Mm-hmm. It got rid of a lot of the nerves. Some of the nerves. Me. And it let me know at least my message is coming across as how I want it to come across before I open my mouth. So I already knew that I was giving like evidence of my power and my authority or other spaces with, you know, honestly, when I go see like family in the Midwest, I don't want to come across as the New Yorker that, you know, feels like this like city girl that, you know, boss lady or whatever adjectives would come with it. So I make sure I dress more relaxed because I feel confident in that with my family because I want to like align with them and be exactly. approachable and I want to feel like a warm, open space to them. So really thinking about how you feel and how your wardrobe can communicate that is a really important tool before you even get dressed and start shopping. And I think the problem is, is that people are looking outside in instead of inside out when they're choosing their wardrobe and style. So they're not aligning it with who they are, their messaging, the spaces they're going to be around. And, you know, we're on a financial podcast, their budgets too. Their budgets. Yeah. And I think it makes, make sure it works with your budget. And I'm sure you can do it all with it, whatever your budget is. But I, I do agree. I think that your wardrobe can help elevate you. Right. Especially because like saying like with Bloomberg News, because I also worked at Bloomberg, when you're going in and meeting in a room, you don't want to be fidgeting with your outfit or feeling like it's too tight and you don't, you know, or being intimidated. Because I've always felt that like if I didn't have like if I wore something that wasn't really working or, you know, I was shorter than I thought when I sat down. So now I'm like trying to get the skirt to come down farther. You're like a bit distracted in your head rather than being completely present in, in whatever you're doing. 
A hundred percent. Your wardrobe should keep you present in the moment. And then with that extra level of security, knowing that you feel great, you look great, you're not fidgeting, that you're super present in the moment and you're communicating your intent. Yeah, I love that. And as you said, um, everyone has financial podcasts. Everyone has different budgets. I will say we really don't hear about the clothing spend as much on the podcast, but I do agree that I think it it should be more intentional. It depends on where you are in your life. Maybe you're in a point in your life where the wardrobe is secondary. There's other things going on, but it does make sense that you would want it to be more intentional so that you're getting what you need out of your wardrobe. So that brings me to another question. I have read all of these pieces about like women in their thirties need to have these 10 investment pieces. So what do you think or five pieces? Like things I've heard are like, you have to have the, like a great black dress, like a great trench, a good handbag, a good pair of heels, a good pair of jeans, a great white shirt. There's like, you know, everyone has read these articles. What, what is your take on that? So my take on it is that it's very antiquated way of approaching your wardrobe. I do believe in investment pieces. I don't believe it's every woman at this age should have this in their wardrobe because it's not taking into consideration how multifaceted our lives are, how much more diverse style is now as well. Also, you know, the individuality of people, like maybe a black dress doesn't look like black isn't my best color. I'm a New Yorker, so I do wear a lot of black, but For me, a great navy dress would probably be better for my coloring and with my existing wardrobe. So I believe in thinking about how you're going to invest in your wardrobe. But I think those pieces like a trench coat's great for a classic or polished style personality, a relaxed style personality. It maybe is investing in a great ski coat because they're outdoors doing a lot of things. And maybe that ski coat can also be something that translates to different areas of their life. So I think it's investing in those pieces that you will wear a lot that are part of your lifestyle. But again, I don't think it's this like when you hit 40, you should have an important handbag and a great pair of pumps. And like, when's the last time people wore a lot of pumps? Like, I'm sorry, my hometown of Logansport, Indiana, they're not like traipsing around in like a gray black suit, a designer handbag and pumps. That's just like not the environment or upstate. I'm sure, you know, you're going to the farmer's market. You're not like, that's not what you're wearing. And so I don't agree with those lists. Um, I think it causes more confusion for people because they're looking at it like, yeah, but I don't wear white button down shirts or I don't really use a handbag. I use a canvas bag. I think it's more thinking about your space, your goals and what of investments would enhance that. Maybe it is those pieces. Maybe you are in a space where, you know, like for me, one of my biggest investments was buying my first designer handbag because it's important for me in the job I'm in and the spaces I'm moving in. And it felt like a huge accomplishment to me mm-hmm. to buy a bag that I'd invested in. Like I bought my first Chanel, I saved money, I planned. It really pushed me to that goal of saying like, now when I carry it, I'm like, I earned this bag. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have this bag forever. I have a memory tied to it of when I bought it. And this was five years ago. My cost per wear on it now is dropping lower and lower. And so I think it's more like, what things do you want that would be an investment for you? Not what these magazine lists say. And And, and oh, sorry, I have a follow up. Go ahead. Yeah. Also, some of these investment pieces, the quality that it once was, let's say like, um, you know, you got something from your mom from the 80s. The quality is so much different then than it is now. So price and quality are not always equivalent in today's fashion world. 
Oh. Um, yeah, that's a huge, huge point to yes. bring up is that now, um, and I have a podcast episode on this that um, I think maybe the listeners would find really interesting. It was like, sure. who is profiting from each purchase that you make? Okay. So the way that it works, like uh, big conglomerates like LVMH, Bernardo No is the richest man in the world. He owns so much of the fashion industry. I mean, look at the Pharrell show. That those garments, those garments are beautiful. They're quality, I'm sure, but the markup on them now is not directly correlated to, to the, the quality. Yeah. To the value. Their leathers are sourced from a lot of the same places as some of maybe an independent designer that isn't also paying for Pharrell and this lifestyle. So now you're yep. paying a lot for a lot of these big brands. You're paying for this lifestyle. They're not actually telling you why their product's better. So I always encourage people in investment pieces too to not associate. And it, it's tricky for consumers now because you used to be able to say, if I'm buying you know, a Dior, I'm buying a Chanel, I'm buying beautiful leathers, quality craftsmanship. And that still may be true for mm -hmm. a lot of them, but it's not now it's not a complete data set of saying more expensive equals better, better. quality. Cause what I was going to say is if you're investing in like, I, and I know a lot of women in the business world who, if they hit a certain income or business goal, they reward themselves with an, what they would call an investment piece, like a fun investment piece, not like not real estate or something, but like something they can wear and enjoy. And I often it's a handbag. Like when we hit the certain revenue, I'll do a handbag or we get to a certain point in my business or whatever, I'm going to do a handbag. And that makes sense to make an investment piece because a lot of times they hold their value and you can resell them in the future. But I would have never thought so that maybe the price you're paying is over what the value is. Because yes, I got two pieces that I, my, my mom had a designer trench that she wore, I think probably, I think it was in the seventies actually, um, when she worked in the city, a really amazing trench, which I did get tailored because I was working on Wall Street then. We had a tailor in we had a tailor in the building. Everyone got things tailored. You just went down to the basement and you went to the tailor. That's and amazing. it was an ex. Yeah. So I was just used to tailoring then. I had a shoe person. They just resold your shoes. You Everything was tailored. It was all in the building. You just like dropped it off on, you know, took the elevator such down. Treat. Such a treat. But they want, that's because they want everybody to be tailored with resold or sh sh shine shoes. Like they, they put it there for right. a reason. Um, so she tailored the trench and she was a really excellent tailor. And so I had wanted it shorter and she's like, you can't with the lapels. It has to be this length. Like we can take it in, but like, we're not going to damage the, the look and this, they don't make it anymore. And then I also got a crossbody Louis Vuitton bag that my mom had. So these are phenomenal pieces that obviously if you do the cross per wear on these, you know, bonjour. decades, it's bonjour. Yeah, decades. Yeah. But, that's, but that is true. Like some of them have, I, now that you bring it up, obviously have inflated it and the leather isn't better. You're not paying a higher markup because this is a special leather because of the, the, lifestyle and that's not an investment right because you won't get that resale value i'm assuming well it's interesting because the luxury market is skyrocketed so the luxury market is skyrocketing and a lot of you know that our income disparities are getting larger yes so for some people in the you know very high earning income bracket for them to spend let's say ten thousand dollars on a bag is no big deal right so for them to spend that money is like maybe someone else spending $50 on a bag right. or $5 on something. So you have to look at 
now we have to do so much more work as consumers on who you're buying from, where the leathers are made, because a lot of people aren't looking at the tags. Like I obsessively look at tags. Am I buying a, what kind of leather? Where was it sourced? Is the lining on my jacket silk? Is it acetate? What is it? Let me look at the seams and make sure that they're sewn properly. Are the buttons really mother of pearl or are they plastic? Because again, the price isn't exactly reflecting. That. Yep, exactly. There are some legacy brands and legacy pieces that are still making beautiful quality, 100% like worth it, the value is going to retain or be marked up. But I always caution against things that are like a quick exclusive or a really like fast trend in the luxury market, the it handbag of the year, um, no, the, not even the year now, it's like the hit, hit or it handbag of the season. Mm-hmm. it's like those check them out like be a little cautious so instead when you're making these investment pieces buy them based on like what your needs are mm-hmm. quality of the the item the brand ask questions to the sales associates if they don't know their product then that's a problem that's a red flag yep. like where are these leathers sourced there's a really great instagram account for bags called them um, uh, tanner leatherstein he oh. he deconstructs bags and like tells you if it's a nice leather, even within brands. So he'll take, let's say like a Prada and he'll do two or three of their different bags. And be like, this one has really great leather. And it's, they usually produce those based on who's buying them, who oh. wants to buy the investment piece, who's looking at the leathers they're making and who's going in with, let's say, you know, credit card, not even looking at it, not even thinking about it, swiping, yeah. buying it and putting it in their closet that's bigger than a house. So right. even those brands, the luxury brands are smart and they know what their consumer habits are. So I think those are some some things now to consider, whereas before it was easy just to walk into yeah. a luxury store. And like, I'm buying the best quality. They stand behind their quality in every piece. They weren't producing as many pieces. So you could invest in, like your mom could invest in these things knowing it could get handed down to her daughter. Because I know everyone, you know, I preach not always frugality, but being smart with your money. But I do believe that if you're going to buy an investment piece, it holds it usually holds its value and has a resale value. And if it's quality, you could get decades out of it. You can retailer it. You can repurpose it. I have a yeah. um, friend in France and she uh, bought a lot of quality pieces in the 80s and 90s. And she's handed some of them on to me um, as she doesn't have use for them now. And we'll look at the construction of them and they're 20, 30 years old. I just got this beautiful Versace bodysuit that she gave me and it's just like beautiful and this beautiful color has held, you know, it's really retained its quality. And so you can wear them for a long time and you can mend them and you can, you know, take care of them if they are originally made well. I've had people where we'll get like, I have some, sorry, someone who has like great Hermes blazer and we've like reconstructed it three different times based on how the trends have changed. So we've just kind of refashioned it, it, or it. Yeah. it and it, and it's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I wish my mom had more pieces. I feel like I need to go through her wardrobe again. She did give me, she's giving me another suit. She's decided it doesn't fit her anymore. Cause like the problem is we're the same size. So it's like a little bit hard to get her stuff because she doesn't want to give it to me. Yeah, and right, I'm like, you know, right. we could sh- we could share it. So this one suit, she decided, and the style is coming back in. It was like the wider leg pan, and so mm-hmm. I'm excited to get. That's a navy blue suit. I think it's like a silk suit. It's really, it's just the whole thing. It's great. I'm so glad we're the same size. My poor sister is not the same size, so it really 
automatically goes to me. She gets left out. <laughs> yeah, she gets a bit left out for my mom. Um, okay. The other thing I say, I, I think, isn't it L.L. Bean that still warranties all of their products? There are a, still a handful because they make quality products. So there's a, there are companies out there that they might be more expensive than the fast fashion, but they warranty for life. Correct. Or they shine up so well, like Fry. I remember buying my first yes. pair of Fry boots at the Nordstrom anniversary sale when I was 20 something years old and they resold them for me. They'd reshine them. You know, there are definitely, that's another thing to ask of like, you know, do you stand behind your product? What's your warranty? There are a lot of designer brands that if their hardware on the bag, let's say tarnishes Mm -hmm. or something breaks, you can't take it back to the store and they'll stand behind it. So I think that is also just another good piece of data to know when you're buying quality products, because if someone's going to stand behind it and stand behind a warranty, then like, of course, they're going to try to make the most quality product possible. So they don't have to spend have their to. like fixing it. Yeah, that also is nice. I think I have two brands that I know of. LL Bean being one of them. There's another um, outdoor one. So for like big skier. And I think it was, I think the zipper broke. And I didn't know. But yeah, you just drop it off and they fix it and send it back. And, I was like, and well, that's when you know you lovely. can invest. Yep. Like, they are going to stand behind it. So I can spend this money knowing that the company is going to continue to like make it nice. Maintain. They're going to keep yeah. it nice for me. That makes total sense. So this is super helpful. So interesting that we've never, in all the years we've been doing the podcast, five or six years now, we've never dove into fashion. So I really appreciate this. Are there any other quick tips you think our listeners should know besides Obviously, we'll tell them and link your podcast and we could link that one particularly. I think that would be really interesting about the, the quality versus the price because I think that's yeah, important. I'll, I'll send that to you. I really think it's, you know, for me, it's that I got into this business because it wasn't really about fashion. It's more about style, investing, communicating who you are, mm-hmm. especially when I moved to New York of like, how do you, how do you communicate your intent when there's so many choices? And so I think that's where, you know, it's not a superfluous, it's not, it's, you know, we all have to put clothes on. So the number one thing yeah. I communicate to people is like, you have to put clothes on. So you have a style. So no matter what your budget is, it can get out of hand. If you don't think about your budget and a strategy and all of a sudden I'm sure, you know, maybe you see this, you see a line item of like, well, what was that? Whatever at the old Navy sale. It's like, oh, well, I just thought that I needed things. And then all of a sudden it can get out of hand. Yeah mentally financially I think in so many ways so I always tell people now is the time to start thinking about it and it isn't it isn't a banal thing that it is something that you literally have to do every day is get dressed and so it is worth putting thought into it from a holistic viewpoint so I would be happy if people want to follow for more and I love nerding out and you know a space that I think isn't always seen as you know, behavioral, analytical, and helpful. Yeah. And I, I really believe in all areas of your life, finance, fashion, intentionality usually results with a better outcome for everybody. So rather than just grabbing as you see a sale or you're like, oh, that might be great, but having intentionality behind what, how you're spending in any area, I think has a more powerful outcome. A hundred percent. And then to your point, like you're getting dressed, feeling good you know that your investments were made wisely. Because on the flip side, I do see a lot of people who are like, I made so many mistakes. Look at all that money I wasted on the ground. And first we have to forgive ourselves, but use it as a lesson to say, you know what? I don't want to be there. I don't want to just be throwing money away 
by making purchases that I didn't really think about and I didn't really translate them to my lifestyle and what that entails. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on. We'll be sure to link your podcast um, and your information so our listeners can find you. And for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram for our most up-to-date information. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.